Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to the British Ice Hockey Podcast. Available every week on britishicehockey.co.uk. Well, hello everybody and welcome to this special edition of the British Ice Hockey Podcast. And this week, we'll be hearing from some of the winners from last weekend's finals in the Women's National Ice Hockey League, as we'll be joined by the Queen Bees, the Whitley Bay Beacons and the Solway Sharks. All of that on this week's edition of the British Ice Hockey Podcast. So hello everybody and welcome to this special edition of the British Ice Hockey Podcast. This week we'll be catching up with some of the winners from last weekend's finals in the Women's National Ice Hockey League which took place in Sheffield. A fantastic event and this week we'll be hearing from the winners of the playoffs in Division 2. That was the Solway Sharks and shortly we'll also be hearing from the team that not only won the playoffs in Division 1 but also secured promotion back to the Elite League for next season. That's the Whitley Bay Beacons. But before that, and speaking of the Elite League, let's go to the winners of the playoffs in the Elite League, and that's the Queen Bees. A fantastic weekend for them. And this past week, I caught up with the outgoing head coach of the Queen Bees. It's a welcome to the show to Natalie Aldridge. Well, Natalie, a big thank you for joining us. And uh, first things first, big, big congratulations. What a weekend in Sheffield your side had, the Queen Bees. How was it? Yeah, it was the best weekend that we could have asked for, really. We we were hoping that we would go in and win. I thought we could. But to actually deliver and do it um, in the way we played, it was just, I couldn't have asked for anything more from the team. And as as an event, I mean, we, we uh, did a little preview uh, of it last week. And it's such a brilliant occasion, isn't it? Where you've got all the different tiers of, of women's ice hockey in this country, all competing in, in this end of season playoffs. I mean, how, how was the event overall? Yeah, I thought Faye Andrews did an amazing job, um, the way it was set up, the new schedule that they had over the three days. Couldn't have asked for anything more. It felt like women's hockey was, again, taken seriously and somebody really cared about it. But 
just to see all the different talent that was there from the under 16s through the other leagues all the way up to elite I was really impressed with what I saw and it has been a bit of a, a long build-up towards the playoffs as well because obviously we had the the world championships and there was obviously a lot of games to squeeze in before the world championships and then we've had this this back end of the regular season as well so there was quite a, a lead up into it um so how were preparations um obviously they went very very well given that you won the thing but how were preparations heading into this final weekend yeah, obviously the season's quite long for, for all the women um, and that's something I still think they need to get right. But April we had no games, obviously, because Worlds happened. So I actually gave the girls, the other girls some time off as well just to reset and regroup because otherwise training for 10 months of the year was quite long. And then once we came back, we had five, six weeks of just really preparing for playoffs, practicing penalty shots every week just in case those scenarios happened prepared for the different teams that we might play against and just every league game leading up to playoffs we just made sure that we were doing the basics right and the key things we wanted to work on and it paid off it, it certainly did pay off that's that's for sure and obviously uh, the, the semi-final was against Guildford and you know Guildford obviously won the thing in the previous season and I'm pretty sure they played you in the semi-finals didn't they on the way to to winning it last year so uh, the, the pressure was on but you know, a 5-1 victory in that semi-final. Yeah, um, we started off the season well against Guildford. We had uh, three wins from three and then they beat us in the final one. Um, going into play against them, we knew what threats they had, so we just limited those individuals. But then also their goalie um, really stood on our head. We just couldn't find a way to score. So in between the second and third, we had an ice cut change how we wanted to play slightly and then once we got that first goal, we knew they would start to go in more and then we just kind of took over the game from there. Yeah, so you've got a bit of a spring in your step heading into that final game uh, and it is quite fitting with all due respect to um, to, to Guildford and to Streatham. You know, the top two going head-to-head in, in that final, but it is against the, the team who won the league and, and been uh, quite a, a good season for Solihull Vixens, but you did beat them in the last league game you played against each other. So, I mean, how do you prepare for a game like that on the Sunday? Yeah, it was just about making sure the girls had the confidence um, to go into it. They knew we can beat them, so... Again, it was just trying to make sure they didn't overthink the occasion, just went out and enjoyed it. I knew that Sally Hole really, really wanted to win it. Not saying our girls didn't, but Sally Hole had the pressure to win it. Um, so we knew as long as we could stay consistent throughout the game, minimise their chances, that we would be in for a shot. Um, and it paid off. I, I, I said it before, and it's not been big-headed, but I felt really confident before the game because... When you look at both teams on paper, there's not any difference. It's just who turns up and wants it the most. And I, I think we, we edged it that day and deserved that win. I mean, when we did the uh, preview, we, we had um, uh, we had Mike Clancy on the show last last week, and we were we were going through the the two rosters. And obviously, when you look at yours, you know you got Ra- Rachel Cartwright, Catherine Gale, Chrissy Newman, um, Abby Sylvester, who scored two two goals in that final. Um, they've all scored plenty of points, either goals or assists throughout the season. And you know, it has been. Uh, is it safe to say it's been a bit of a team effort this year as well across the board, not just those players I've named there, but across the roster? Yeah, definitely. And we, we, we've we been going through like a little regroup of um, players for the last couple of years. We have a lot of new young young players that we're trying to develop um, as well as maintaining the older ones. But um, obviously some have clashes with other games. So we only really had our full roster 
for playoff weekend and one other game throughout the whole year. So you're always trying to adapt to what roster you have available that day and what lines work together. But to have everybody available for playoffs was our key because that was nobody had really faced us when we'd had everybody available. Um, and I think we took advantage of that. And as a result, obviously the Queen Bee is picking up some silverware this season and it's a return to success. And when I say a return to success, I mean, it's been a good few seasons since silverware has been with the Queen Bees, but mainly I think that's due to how well Solihull have been playing, but also obviously because of COVID and the, the disruption that's caused. But before that little break of, of success, there was so much of it at the Queen Bees, to say the least. I mean, how, what does this mean for the club to to have, have won the playoffs once again? Yeah, I, I think it um, was an amazing feeling for everybody to get it back. Obviously, we know it's not going to change things overnight. We've still got to be consistent and um, put in the work if that's where we want to be because all six teams in that league can win on a, any given day. I don't think any team is clearly out there in front. Um, I just think it comes down to the individual's commitments and also the teams, depending on what team they can put out there for whatever given game. Um, so, yes, it's a good stepping stone, a great way to finish the year, but see how the next season goes and I think they could be in for a shot again. Yeah, and uh, obviously, Natalie, we do we do have to mention this, the fact that um, you're, you're taking a step back uh, from the club and when I talk about that successful era, um, you've been very much a part of that as a player, as a player coach and, and now as a head coach. I mean, uh, just to let the listeners know, it's eight league titles and eight playoff titles uh, in your tenure as a player and as a uh, as a coach, it's it's quite an achievement and quite a record you're leaving. That's for sure at this at this stage. Yeah, it's something I'm very proud of. When um, I came back from playing abroad, it was something that Paul Burton spoke to me about immediately because I already had my coaching badges. Was would I step in and be player coach with him at that time? And we started to change things immediately and then results started to happen and we kind of just went on that role ever since. And to maintain it for as long as we did is unbelievable. So I'm really, really proud of that. And then obviously with the Bracknell rink shutting and COVID happening, I think both of those has kind of stopped the flow a bit. Um, Obviously we, we have many players that go abroad from our team or retire. So we're constantly going through that cycle of making sure we're bringing in youngsters that can develop and also allowing the older players to move on to new adventures if that's what they wish to. We would never hold anyone back from that. I mean, I was going through the records before and I was like, there's nine straight seasons where you're either winning the league, winning the playoffs or both in some cases. Uh, that's that's quite a role that the club was on between 2011 and 2019, that's for sure. Yeah, it was. And you know, when you're at the top, you always have a target on your back. Um, and that's probably what Sully Hole feel now. And it's funny how things change. For the last eight years, everybody wanted to beat us. Now everybody wants to beat Sully Hole. And it just goes like that. I'm sure another team in a couple of years whether it's Queen Bees or somebody else, will then go on maybe another role themselves. But to do it for eight years consistently, like you said, league and playoffs is something special. And it's a major credit to the girls. They've been really committed and they, they really just have fun with it as well. That's the key for women's hockey, I think, is because they all pay to play, they've got to make sure they're enjoying it. At the moment, they're not. That's time to regroup and figure out what they want to do moving forward. 
And uh, touching upon, you know, your your history with the club um, and, and just your playing career more generally and, and being a coach, um, what what are the standout moments for you? Because, you, you know, obviously we've touched upon the Queen Bees, but there's Great Britain in there as well. Um, I mean, what's what's your fondest memories of, of what you've achieved over the last 20 years or so as a, as a player and as a coach? Oh, yeah, that's a, long, that's a lot to ask, but um, <laughs> I think my very first year of Great Britain, we won gold, and then the next year we almost, we got a medal again, but we, we were so close to doing a double bounce, and that was something unbelievable. We went to pre-Olympics and competed with teams like Austria. Those were special moments in the GB days, and then obviously with the Queen Bees days, the the year we went unbeaten was a record, and obviously... This last weekend, with knowing it's my last as the head coach, was pretty special because I knew the girls had that extra edge to do it for me, even though I didn't want the occasion to be about me, but I could tell they were fighting for that, and that's something that I'll cherish forever from them. Oh, good stuff. It, it was proper Hollywood ending stuff, I'm imagining. <laughs> <for yourself. laughs> yeah, it really was. You couldn't have asked for anything else. It was it, it was very emotional. I, I don't normally cry at winning things but that weekend just had me and it's one of those moments where you're like oh my god what am I doing have I made the right decision because this feeling is amazing um but I know they'll be in safe hands moving forward we've made sure um that the coach taken over Gareth he's amazing so I'm looking forward to their future and it's not Goodbye. It's just I'm not in charge moving forward. Yeah, Gareth Endicott, um, formerly Swindon, he's he's taking over for next season. As you say uh, before about you know developing those pathways and stuff like that, it's it's quite exciting, isn't it, at the Queen Bees? Because you, you certainly I mentioned this term a lot with teams who've won things, but it's true. You do have that momentum, and you you can see the players, uh, the younger players who who are coming through there at the club. So the, there is a bright future there. That's for sure. Yeah, and I think that's something we want to keep to our core principles is that we need to make sure we're constantly developing the hockey in this country. So that pathway that we create is really important. So you give those players the experience, the time to train with us, play games with us. Um, the more they're on the ice, the better. And, and that's something we won't stop doing as a club. Um, they'll continue to do that whether I'm there or not, um, just to make sure that players are getting to their full potential. Now we had, um, I think it was the last week's show. Yeah, we had Jonathan Phillips on. I was, I was saying what, what you're going to be doing next, and and there was a hint that it wasn't going to be long before he's actually going to be back on the ice again at some point in some guise or another. Uh, so what, what are your plans uh, for the immediate? Because um, you kind of hinted at it here that it's, you know, you're only taking the back step kind of thing. Uh, so what, what, what have you got lined up? What's your plans? So at the moment, there's no real plans. I just um, stepped away from Queen Bees from that commitment of every, every week and traveling up and down the country um but i will continue to coach at the ozone facility of danny myers facility to just help players on an individual basis um that's something i really enjoy and i'm passionate about because i think it's going to excel the hawkins country overall so for now that is what i'm going to do won't say never to return in but for now, that's definitely all I'm planning on doing and having a bit of me time because, as everybody knows, hockey takes up a lot of your time. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, just a, a closing thought, Natalie. Um, obviously, you know, best of luck for the future. But 
I think we've mentioned this already, but what what a way to to sign off. It's a nice round number as well, sixteen, isn't it? Uh, you know, eight league titles, eight playoff titles. Uh, what's your your overriding feelings after that brilliant final uh, last week in Sheffield? What's your what's your your feelings as as you bow out as head coach? Just really proud of the players, to be honest, and the staff that work there. I think we all give up a lot to be there. Um, so to share that moment with them all was something that. Like I said before, I'll cherish it. It was very emotional. I still can't believe we did it now, if I'm honest. But yeah, just overall feeling of feeling very proud. Well, Natalie Aldridge, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. Uh, a big congratulations on this latest stint uh, that you've had with the Queen Bees as a player, as a player coach and as a, a head coach. Congratulations on, on signing off uh, with more silverware last weekend in Sheffield and uh, have a lovely summer. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Outgoing head coach from the Queen Bees there, Natalie Aldridge, speaking to me this past week. And speaking of the Elite League now, let's go to the winners of not just the Division 1 playoffs, but also that crucial relegation promotion game on the Bank Holiday Monday in Sheffield. That was the Whitley Bay Beacons. And this past week, I caught up with a player coach from the Whitley Bay Beacons. It's a welcome back to the show now to Steph Towns. Well, Steph, a big thank you for joining us. And uh, first is first, big congratulations. What a weekend in Sheffield it was for the Beacons. Where, where do we start? I mean, what, what's your emotions uh, a week or so after? Um, I mean, to be honest, I've only just started to, to process it. Like, it, it was just all a massive blur that, that day and even the next day and, and, and after that. So I'm just, I said in, in another interview afterwards, straight away, I am just absolutely elated for, for the club as a whole and, and mostly elated that, our 16s team was there and able to watch it as well so I just, I just think that that part of the game for like young players to, to see what is on show not just from our team but for, for all the, the teams that are playing it, it it's just massive and it's it, it's something that, that will go a long way for them and they were just cheering and supporting so it was really nice just sort of symbolically as well just to see them who eventually are going to be playing hopefully on a line with me at some point in the next few years. So it just just things like that was, was massive, as, as well as the achievement itself in, in that particular game. Just, I think, what what we did for, for our club and, and the women's game was was also beyond that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and just touching upon how, uh, in the lead-up to this, uh, obviously the last time we spoke, I think it was ahead of the World Championships. So I think you were in Korea at the time. And um, obviously we had that tournament in April, then you had to, as a as a club, get get back in, into the swing of things, heading into uh, the the playoffs. Uh, so, how difficult was that? Because there was obviously you'd, you'd secured the league title, but there was still that unbeaten record that you needed to get to, and you certainly kept that uh, unbeaten league record. Sixteen wins from sixteen matches yeah. heading into the playoffs, which isn't bad at all. Yeah, I mean, I think I can speak for like all of the girls that went away to Korea and stuff like. Mentally, it is quite hard after you've been away because really, like, world champs should be the, the, the peak or pinnacle of, of your season. And the difference is with us um, being in the women's team is that when you come back, you've you've almost got, like, a, a quarter of your season still to play. So mentally, it's hard to, to get back into it. But at the same time, it, it was an advantage for me that our club had, had done so well in the lead-up to that and we weren't beaten, but also... Mentally, the pressure of that and, and remaining unbeaten, as I said to you in the, the initial interview um, a while ago, that, that that's exactly what we set out to do. It was all or nothing. We didn't we didn't want to drop a game. We wanted to prove a point because they brought in that new promotion relegation game rule. So we want to prove a point of being unbeaten, and that is what we set out to do. So 
mentally it was a little bit difficult to, to sort of wind down and, and carry on in, into the season because we still had almost a quarter to play. Um, physically it was a bit tough as well just after after being away but then also because the season is so long for women's and especially for some of the girls that are playing junior hockey as well or they're playing like in men's leagues and stuff so it, it, it's just almost like an extended season and, and that part of it for, for everyone across the league it, it's tough but then we had the advantage of, of knowing that we were winning and, and the confidence from that just propelled us forward to, to playoffs. I mean, that's easier said than done, though, because you're taking on Sheffield and then you're taking on Swindon in the, the uh, Division 1 final on the Sunday. Uh, and they're good teams and, and you could have easily slipped up. I mean, we've seen it so many times uh, across ice hockey, in, you know, with, with men and women that sometimes the team who finishes fourth wins the playoffs. So uh, the, the pressure was on that weekend. Yeah, it was, and you're absolutely right. Those kind of um, spectacles, it, it can be anyone. Sometimes it is the sort of bottom seeded team that come through and, and pull something out, and I think that's the nature of the competition, and that's that's why we put it on. Like even just going back to playoffs last year, like Guildford came out playoff champs, and and obviously there was a few surprise results that weekend. So it just shows, like at that weekend, it, it is all, all or nothing for any team, and I think that's what Swindon and Sheffield did did go into with thinking also, but. I said that even after those games, like we really enjoy playing those teams, especially Swindon. Like they've got such a good core group coming along, who are all very young and sort of in their junior careers, but they they do they do gel together so well, and and they were our toughest competition, um, and it was a great game. And again, Sheffield, we love playing against them, um, and also they they did come out quite hard as well, and clearly wanted to gain a win, especially when it was in their home rink, but. I think as well that the pressure of that also gives us a bit of confidence because I think we thrive on on knowing that we've got to we've got to still perform and still come away with a win because we've obviously spoke about it quite loudly throughout the, the season. So in in that sense, it's almost like we literally just just have to to get them done because this is what we're saying we want to do. And I know what you were saying before about it being a new format and that, but it is still. Still a bit of a, you know, here's one mountain and, oh, look, here's another straight after <laughs> with, yeah. with the, the Bristol game on the Monday. So essentially, you knew this was the case, though, as a team, that you were going to have to play three matches in 48 hours. Uh, and on the Monday, the, the biggest game of them all against a team completely fresh and, and ready to go. Um, yeah. I, I mean, what's the mindset like? I mean, going, going back to the Saturday, but then, you know, you, 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 you've, you've won the playoffs on the Sunday, but then you've got this, this promotion relegation game on the, on the Monday. So what, how, how do you combat that and, and make sure that you, 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 you're ready for the Monday game? Um, I think mainly just, I, I said to the girls, like, we, we just need to take each, each game game by game rather than saying right this is the first of three and obviously uh, tomorrow's this and at the end of it is the relegation game I just said each one of these is going to be different and we, we do almost need to just achieve it even period by period because if we're focused if we're focused on Saturday uh, on the game that was coming on Monday then we've already lost mentally and I just said look, look we'll just win this one then win the next one whatever happens and then Yes, Monday is the big focus, but if we're going to Monday and knowing that we've won two games and really gelled over the weekend, then we're going to be able to have a bit of a head start. So I think as well, like yes, it is unusual that we're playing three games in a row and you could argue that it was a little bit unfair that we were playing potentially the three games when Bristol weren't playing at all, maybe at the weekend. However, I think just that that is one of the differences of, of women's hockey is that you'll never get sort of in the men's playoff formats where there's there's players who will literally be playing 
for sometimes three, four teams across an entire weekend. Like there's, there's some of the young girls that were playing 16s, they were playing for Swindon, they might have been playing for Bristol as well. So yes, in a sense, we did have three games off the belt and Bristol technically only had one, but there was a lot of girls across the weekend who were playing sort of three or four games mm. just as a whole because of the teams that are played across. And I guess that's not really something that exists anywhere else. But at the same time, I, I do think it's a positive because, again, we all just love playing and, and getting the games in. So it, it, it can be seen as a bit of a disadvantage, but at the same time, I think it is just testament and credit of just how how many opportunities now there, there is for girls to, to play if, if they are able to play three or four games of the weekend or if if I was that age sort of 15 16 I'd be absolutely buzzing because there was nothing like that when when I was that age so I think it, it is testament to just how how things are set up now and there's so many opportunities and on the Monday um you know there, there could be nerves there, there could be fatigue and that side of things but um, you, you've led from the front here, really, Steph, haven't you? I mean, you, you, you played a blinder in the game, to say the least. Was it five goals you scored in the end? Um, it was, uh, yeah, so, just five. <laughs> uh, I mean, what's your, what's your thoughts on, on your own performance? Like I said, any notion of of, of fatigue, that, that went out of the window with your own performance there? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I certainly don't like the, to, to take credit for it because I, I did say like it was an absolute team performance that started from that Saturday morning, but Obviously, I'm I'm delighted that I did manage to, to bag the five goals to secure it. But again, it's it, it is something that comes from like the, the link up play, especially from uh, Ruby and Abby Culshaw and the defence that we play with at Casey and and um, Rachel Stockdale and stuff like that. So it, it is a, a total team thing. And I know that sounds like just me saying that I didn't score five goals, but it's it is it is a, a big thing that goes through the team. And I think as well, just on, on that Monday especially in the morning I was really nervous like borderline unwell going into the ring but I just knew that the second I, I stepped on the ice I'd be absolutely fine and I was and I think that just adrenaline from knowing and, and thinking about really if, if we don't win this game what is my next 12 months going to look like and I think it was more of that that was spurring things on that I just the thought of having to start again in that league and potentially face the same team again and was just the thought of how that would affect me mentally and, and affect the club and maybe even some of the players that stayed or, or didn't stay. I think all of that, just as that pressure, almost just gave us that adrenaline rush to say, right, I'm just, the second I get that puck, I'm I'm just going for it. Let's just get everything on net. Let's just all pile in and just, just play play our game. Because I think as well, like we're just, we do love passing it about and we do love a power play and getting those quick passes across nets for like Casey and Culshaw to bang in. But, it's great to be able to contribute and it was even more special just to, to do it in front of my family as well who, who were there and watching because that, that might not happen again. We might not get a playoffs next year. Hopefully we don't get to playoffs next year in terms of a relegation game, but it's it's it was just, yeah, it was just really special. Well, a big congratulations. Uh, commiserations to Bristol, we should say, but uh, congratulations to everyone at the club. I mean, when you look at it, you've won 16 games out of 16 in the regular season you won both playoff matches and then you finish things off winning the uh the relegation promotion game at the end of the season so it's it's quite quite an achievement and like you touched upon earlier i mean the under 16s were there as well uh part of that of yeah. their playoff weekend um so what what does this promotion mean for the club do you feel um i think it's just gave everyone just a, a total new streak of positivity like moving forward like we've already had a lot of players inquiring to, to join as well and it just shows as well especially well under 16s and our division two team that, that there is a clear pathway and that that is essentially what i want like i, I know 
I'm not getting any younger as well and, and I do love the coaching side so I want to make sure that when I do step away from playing I've I've left something um, and become part of it as a full-time coach that, that people can access at, at all levels and I, I do want it to absolutely stay in the elite league and I think in a way this promotion relegation game works at our advantage because if, if we do fall short any season where we have to play that game I know that our team has the the resilience and push to, to make sure we don't lose that game to stay up. So, I mean, I don't, I wouldn't like to be sort of a yo-yo team where we're always falling in that last position, but I do feel like it is somewhere we want to stay because I, I do want that pathway because I think we're lucky as well that we're on the sort of the, the last team really before Scotland and there is some great young female players coming through from Scotland and I'd like to think we are that kind of partnership team that, that they can come through and play at that, that high level because they're, they're producing some great players, especially for like the GB setup as well. So I just really what I mean to the club is just that, that everyone buys into that position that we do want to be a pathway for players to play at all levels. And so that, that's what the, sort of the next few years will look like. Oh, good stuff. And, and Steph, obviously we, we've caught up a couple of times this season, um, you know, getting back uh, to the top tier. That was always on the agenda. That was always the target. Now, at the end of the season, we can look back and say, yes, you've you've achieved that target as a club. Um, yeah. So just a, a final thought just before uh, I'll let you head off into the summer. How do you sum it all up, what's been achieved at the Beacons this year as you head back to the Elite League? I don't know. To be honest, I think it's just, just monumental, Like especially because it, it isn't something that's happened by chance. And and I just hope that, that every single player and, and staff member and, and parent and everyone behind the scenes is knows just how much much they've, they've played into that and yeah it, it is just monumental because it is something we're set out to do like we're totally set a goal and, and a structure of, of how to get there so to actually achieve that but also unbeaten for for a full year is just it's huge and it, it is it is historical and it's even better that so many people got to see it and be a part of it and especially the young ones as well because ultimately they'll be doing it one day as well so just just massive yeah absolutely an incredible season uh, for the Whitley Bay Beacons and Steph Towns, uh, player coach at the Beacons. Uh, a big congratulations uh, to everyone at the club for a fantastic season. Have a lovely summer and catch up again very soon. Thanks a lot. Player coach from the Whitley Bay Beacons, Steph Towns, there joining us here on this week's edition of the British Ice Hockey Podcast. And finally, for this week's show, let's go to the winners of the playoffs in Division 2 now. Unlike the Whitley Bay Beacons, it was a season where this team went all the way through undefeated. It's the Solway Sharks, and this past week I caught up with their head coach. It's a welcome to the show to Kevin Butters. Well, Kevin, a big thank you for joining us and uh, big congratulations. What a season and uh, what a way to top it all off with that uh, playoff championship uh, last weekend in Sheffield. I mean, how, how was your, your Sunday, firstly? Um, before the game, quite nervous. After the game, the last 10 minutes of that game was just amazing. And after the game, after the game, did my final talk in the changing room. I just went to my car just to chill out. <laughs> that was I just I just sat in my car and they just then went wild with photographs and and doing all their media stuff. I just left them to it. Going back to the the start of the season because this has been a, a phenomenal year. I mean we, we've had Martin Grubb on because of how good the men's team have been this season numerous times uh, throughout the campaign. But for the Solway Club more generally uh, on the women's side of things, I mean going the whole season unbeaten. Going to the start of the season, could you even contemplate that as a possibility? No, because at the start of the season, we lost 
two defence and one forward. Right, right away, right at the start, they weren't coming to us, they were going elsewhere. So that left me with only two recognised defenders, and I'm scratching my head. I'm going, what the hell are we going to do? So Amanda, our captain, we asked her if she if she was okay to go into defence. Now, you know yourself, if you're a forward going into defence, it's a totally different type of position. So then I had three defence, and we first two or three games, we just had to play rotational. And we picked up the first win against Witness, and I'm thinking to myself, oh, wait a minute, this this is working. We then went to Leeds, and we were 2-0 down, and we came back to 3-2. But one of our forward players, Gemma Watt, injured her knee. So to cut a long story short, she then went from being a forward into defence as well. And then suddenly, things were just starting to fall into place. And then we built up a system, three games in, four games in, then we went to down to 10 games unbeaten. And I was looking at the last four games and I'm thinking, can we do this? So the last four games, I was thinking, oh, they're going to be hard games. There's no way. We're about to get beat on one of those games. And lo and behold, we beat Leeds 2-0. We beat Witness 6-0. And then we won the league against Kingston at home, which was absolutely perfect for the team. Yeah, a phenomenal uh, season when it comes to um, the, the regular season. But then the pressure is on, isn't it, to to do that in those in those finals in Sheffield? Uh, so, what was the build up like heading into you know that that semi final against Peterborough? The team, the last two training sessions we had, you could you could feel the tension, you know, and and the girls give them the due, trained very well leading up to that weekend, and then we arrived for the Peterborough game, and. I could see it. You know, a coach can see that they wanted to win this game. Throughout the season, we went to each game as an individual and we broke it down into three periods and we just did each period and worked on it and and made sure we won the game. And we did the same. We did the same against Peterborough. We dealt it as a single game. We broke it down into periods and we could just see they wanted it. And I think we out-hustled them and the forwards were good, the defence was good. And I think they scored first, which made us a little bit annoyed with ourselves because we let them get the first goal but then we just came back and then that was just we won 5-1 yeah and then obviously Cardiff who who topped uh, the South Division um, this season that game um, reading into it was was a bit of a thriller though and a bit nervy I mean what was what's your take on that game it finished 4-3 and then to to Solway I mean what what, what was your thoughts on that one in the final out out of the two teams um, from the South I knew Cardiff were the more experienced they had a vast experience within their within their players, so I knew it was going to be a hard game, and I knew if we if we kept with them going into the last ten minutes, it gives me more of a um, as a coach more options, and I, in my head I knew what I wanted to do for the last two minutes, and I wanted a timeout, and you know what everyone just fell into place. It was three three. We got to the last two minutes. I called my timeout, and then I put the line I wanted on my power line on and they controlled the, the last minute and a half and then Gemma, absolutely brilliant, she just moved the puck across the blue line, shot it in, top right-hand corner and the place just erupted. Uh, it was just fantastic. Well, a big congratulations on, on that, Vichy. And as you said, I mean, you had to um, go away and take, take stock soon after. Um, but, have you had a chance to, you know, f- think about what's been achieved? Because this is obviously, I think, your third season as as head coach. Um, obviously, you came in during um, a turbulent period for us all with with the pandemic and that side of That's things. Right, yes. So, so here you are, three years on, and 
Well, you've you've had this season. I mean, what what's your what's your take now? A week or so after uh, that Sunday final. Um, I mean, every if you look at the league tables uh, from previous years, the team's been getting better and better and better. And the start of last season, uh, we moved from a development team because that's what we were. We try to bring players in, try to build up numbers. To last year, where the training started to get harder, we were pushing the girls more, and then to this season. We just started to win. We started to push them harder. We, we we respected the other teams, but we didn't fear them. Whereas before, the girls would be playing the likes of Witness or Kelford. They were tentative, but this year, they just got stuck in. And I think the the, the big difference is uh, they were so much easier to, to, to coach. And uh, with, with regards to um, what, what's happened, obviously you're now promoted uh, to, to the second tier. And it would be remiss of us not to discuss the Solway Club more generally, because obviously there's been uh, news after uh, a brilliant season uh, for the men's side. They they too are, uh, are going up to the second tier of the, of the men's game. It's been one epic season for the club more generally, hasn't it? Oh, it's just, it's just unbelievable. And, you know, when the, the takeover for the senior men's was announced and then they were then going up to the, the next tier, it was just, it just took off. The whole club itself... Including the juniors, the under-16 juniors won their uh, league. So juniors are doing great, ladies are doing great, and the, and the men hopefully next year can put up a good show. And and what does this mean on a, on a women's perspective? What does this mean for um, the, the growth of the game more generally in Dumfries and, and Scotland more generally? Because having a season like you've had, there's going to be certainly some momentum after this campaign, I'm going to suggest, for developing ice hockey on the, on the girls' and the women's side. Well, I mean, I know for, for our club, we have obviously the Div 1 team and we've, got, we've had inquiries from quality players who look at our club and want to sign for us, um, which is fantastic. But we're also in the process working with the council to hopefully put in a Div 2 team as well. And that will be basically going back to the beginning and being a, a pure development team, which will grow the sport, will hopefully attract more people to come to them for to play for them. Well, a big good luck with, with that endeavour, Kevin, as well. And just to... A, a, a general point, really. I mean, when does your, your thinking towards next season start? I'm assuming it already has, uh, but uh, it's a question I have to ask because um, I'm sure people who support Solway are going to be interested. I mean, um, you've mentioned there's already been inquiries made from, from certain players already, um, but uh, is, is that now on, on your radar now, even though you should be relaxing after uh, an arduous season? It, it is now all full steam ahead for next season, remarkably. I've got some of the best off-ice officials. Mo Muir, um, the chairperson, is absolutely fantastic. She deals with a lot of stuff, uh, all the, the paperwork and so forth. And Stuart Russell, our manager, kit man, he does everything. And between the two of them, they'll do the summer. I'm, I'm lucky because I'm just a coach. I'll, I'll go away and come back in the first weekend in August and I'll have my holiday. Whereas everybody else will be doing all the paperwork, will be putting people... You know, I'm kept in the loop. So as soon as I go back on the ice, I know exactly who we've got, who's coming, and so forth. So, you know, the next the next two months, I'm just putting my feet up. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you deserve it. You deserve it, Kevin. Have, have a lovely holiday. But just a, a, a closing thought, how much are you looking forward to 
that challenge of next season and you know the the, the challenge of of division one yes yes i mean it's going to be a, a hard season and you know i'm not going to i'm i wouldn't kid anybody i mean this is a big jump up next season we're going into play against teams that have got full rosters quality players and it's going to be hard i mean i'm not going to i'm going to have to look at the league i'm going to identify teams that i think we can compete against to get points because in the end, at the end of the next year, you know, we would like to stay in the league, but we have to win games. And to win games, you have to identify the teams that you're going to win or, or compete against. And we'll just have to take it a game at a time again and just see what happens. Well, uh, Kevin, a big thank you for, for joining us and a big congratulations on a, a brilliant season, uh, not just for the women's team. Uh, I've said this to Martin Grubb, but the, the whole club must be bouncing at the moment. Just a, a final thought. When you you look back, this this whole conversation we've had about this season, you, you know, the 14 games in the regular season, the, the playoff weekend that you've had, the promotion, it's been one epic season. What's your, what's your final thoughts about uh, for this interview, about, about what's been achieved at the club this year? Oh, I, I can't. I can't express how proud I am of every single player that's in that team including Stuart as the manager all the players and even when we were playing in the playoffs the, the support at Sheffield was amazing for Cardiff and for ourselves it was a magnificent atmosphere and I'm, I'm glad we put on that show I'm glad it went down to uh, us scoring that final goal to make it 4-3 and I really feel sorry for Cardiff because they've got a really good squad and it's just a shame that the way the leagues are set up that only one team goes up from our our division. Well, uh, commiserations to Cardiff and big congratulations, Kevin, uh, once again uh, for, and everyone at the Solway Sharks. Kevin Butters, head coach of the Solway Sharks. A big thank you for taking the time out of your day to join us on this week's show. Enjoy your two months off. And, I will uh, do, thank a, you very much. A big, a big good luck for preparations for next season and uh, we'll, we'll catch up again uh, when the new campaign starts. That's great, thank you very much. So we Sharks head coach Kevin Butters there joining us here on this week's edition of the British Ice Hockey Podcast. And that's it for this special edition of the British Ice Hockey Podcast, the last in the present series. And at this point, I'd like to not just thank the guests who've joined me on this week's show, but uh, throughout this past season, uh, a big thank you to all the head coaches and all the players who've joined me uh, for this series of the British Ice Hockey Podcast. A big thank you to James and Luke at BritishIceHockey.co.uk for their support this past season. And a big thank you to you, dear listener, as well, for joining me on this series of the show. Remember, for all the latest goings on from the world of British Ice Hockey, you can visit the website BritishIceHockey.co.uk. But I've been Ben, and you all make sure you all have a lovely and safe summer. You'll be hearing from us again very soon. You take care. Bye-bye. Podcast Network.